Yesterday we celebrated the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And, and with that celebration, we completed what is called Christmas season. Some uh, Christian communities continue to celebrate the um, Christmas season till the February 2nd, which is the, for the presentation of the feast of our Lord. But for us, as we know, not only do we complete this season, but we enter into what is known as the ordinary time. And the ordinary time will start from now and will go all the way to the Christ the King in the last, last uh, week of the uh, liturgical year of ordinary time. However, it will be interrupted from Ash Wednesday to Pentecost Sunday. We interrupted for Lent and Easter, so, so this is what we have entered. Now, when it comes to ordinary time, unlike the uh, special season, for example, Christmas, we see the great events of God, just like also Lent and Easter. Ordinary time usually focuses on teaching us how to live our faith, how to live a life of confidence in God. And we have many examples, many examples of, of how the Lord was teaching us who he is, what he has done for us, and what we are to receive, all those wonderful things, because it's for us and for our salvation that he came down from heaven, as we know. So we have today, as we begin this first week, what we have is a, a teaching on how important it is for us to have confidence in God. How important it is for us to know that God hears us and that God will respond to us in grace. And so what we have today is that first reading from Tuesday, although yesterday that first reading was the story of Hannah, Samuel. Um, you know, uh, the Elkanah had two wives, Penina or Penina and, and Hannah. And Penina was, was someone who bore him children, but Hannah could not. And, and she, um, uh, she was really picking on Hannah, making her life miserable. And so there it is. We have Hannah together with her husband. They go to a temple, you know, the tent where the Ark of Covenant is. And there she is praying. She's crying and praying, praying so much so that the high priest, um, Eli, said, you know, you shouldn't be here because you look like you're drunk. There's something not right with you. But there she was, and she says, don't think of me poorly. I have not drank anything, but my heart is, is heavy and my heart is troubled. And she spent hours and hours in prayer so finally, Eli, Eli says to her, the high priest, he says, go, the Lord will take care of you. He'll take care of you. He'll be mindful of you. And, and so the next day, she wakes up together with her husband. They offer prayers and sacrifices to the Lord, and they go home. And then she conceives her son. Um, his name was Samuel. If you know Samuel from, from the history of the the, the Hebrew people, the covenant, people of the covenant, he played extremely important role in establishing what we now know is the, um, the Davidic, uh, the, the kingdom under Saul, under David. He was the one who chose David uh, to be the king. So 
he was an extraordinary person. But now the, the, the Hannah promised the Lord that if she does conceive a son, she will entrust him to the Lord from her womb. From the moment he was conceived that he was entrusted to him. And she did. And, and she said, she, she promised that he will become a servant of God. And we see here how often it is, not just Hannah. I remember another mother who had very difficult pregnancy. And uh, as a matter of fact, she thought she's going to lose her son. And so she entrusted him to Our Lady. She says, you take care of him. I can't control. I can't control my body. I'm not able to, to do anything. But it is you. You who have to take care of him, you've got to take care of him right from the start because you'll never make it. And you know, and he became a wonderful priest. I won't say his name, but 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 the fact is that he was completely dedicated. And as a matter of fact, he he left the house at the age of 14, went to a minor seminary. Somehow, the Lord just kind of was 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 guiding him right, almost right from the very beginning. Now, the importance of today of the, the whole lesson of the first, uh, first reading is confidence in the power of God and the power of our confidence in him too. He relies on us. Remember when we have divine mercy message, you know, the Lord says that the, you know, the vessel with which we are to come for graces from the Lord is vessel of trust. The greater the confidence, the greater the trust, the greater graces we shall receive. And what does, it, what does trust mean? What does confidence mean? We believe that he hears us. We believe that he hear, hears our cries. We believe that he will send us and give us the graces we need. Look, look at the gospel today. Why did this man come into the synagogue? He is possessed by evil. He shouldn't be there. This is what normal thinking would be. I mean, he seems to be completely given up to some other power. And yet we know that people who are, who are afflicted spiritually, who are afflicted, they always draw to the temple. I remember living and working at the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, Washington, D.C. How many broken people would come? You know, they, they seem to be drawn to the shrines because this is where the presence of God is. Even, even if they are possessed, they know something more because at the very depth of who we are, God made us. We know where God is. We know where the power of grace is. We know where our help is. And that's why you know, people who come to shrines, basilicas, places, they, they're afflicted. They know they're afflicted, they're broken, and they're seeking help. And so it is, there's the man who comes to the synagogue, and Jesus is there. And the evil one immediately confronts Jesus, confronts him. I know who you are. I know that you are the Holy One, Holy One of God. Why are you, why are you coming here tempering with us? The evil one confronts Jesus. And Jesus is the one who says, rebukes him and says, come out of man. It's not only Jesus who performs, but he gave this power to his disciples. The bishops have this power. That's why we have uh, priests who are exorcists, those, those that the bishop assigns. And a couple of decades ago, there's very few of those, but now evil has intensified. The more we run away from God, the more we 
leave God behind or not trust in him anymore or rely on him anymore. The evil grows. And so Jesus' power needs to be exercised on behalf of those who are broken. And this is why the, the power that Jesus gave is with us. We have that power. And the bishops who are the, 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 the ones who have inherited by God's grace, this power are exercising by choosing others to help, by choosing certain men. As a matter of fact, one of the priests who is an exorcist is actually doing retreat with us. He always comes here. He's been coming here for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Always does his one week of retreat to kind of be renewed in, in grace. He's the one who also asked for the relic of St. Faustina because she's such a powerful intercessor as well as powerful intercessor for those who are afflicted. Just like John Paul II is, remember the, uh, the uh, Amorth, the, um, uh, the, the exorcist for the city of Rome. He says, Our Lady is most powerful intercessor, but John Paul too, Faustina too. These are the ones who have placed their complete confidence in God. Complete confidence. So, what are we invited to do today? First of all, receive the word of God, not as the word of man, but as it truly is the word of God. This is what our, the responsorial, I'm not responsorial, but the, the hallelujah verse says, receive the word of God, not as the word of man, but as it truly is the word of God. I have come to know many who have become converts from atheistic families, from broken families, from New Age and all kinds of other things that have kind of been dragged away. And I see when they said yes to God, I see the incredible power of grace that is at work with them because they believe. They believe it's God's word. They believe. Many of us Christians who seem to say, well, you know, we don't know what God's will is. No, God's will is for us that we may not only believe, but that we may receive his grace, that we may be saved. And whatever it takes for us, God will grant us. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to share his glory. But for that, we have to believe. We have to believe that it is not just the word of man, but the word of God. This is what St. Paul says very clearly to us. This is what St. Peter says to us. We have to believe. And so, what did Jesus say, say to us? Receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you shall forgive are forgiven them. The power to forgive sins. He has entrusted to us. Taking advantage of the sacrament of the, of, of the, of the sacrament of penance, reconciliation is a gift from God. We have to believe it's God's word. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Eucharist is real. It's the power of God's word. The word of God is not ours. We did not invent it. We received it from the Lord. The sacraments are valid because God gave us. God gave us. And that's why, you know, the, the very definition of the sacraments is efficacious word, meaning whatever we utter, it becomes a reality. 
So that's why baptism, you know, to, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you in the name of God, the Trinitarian God, for the forgiveness of sins, to become body and blood, truly, the body and blood of our, our Lord in the sense of being adopted. As children of God, we are being adopted. We are the mystical body of Christ, the mystical body. Is real, it's true. Those are the, the gifts that God gives us. Not only that, Jesus says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. How many people today disregard Mass as not important? They're not interested. Maybe preaching is not too good. Maybe music is not too good. They can rationalize any way they wish. And yet this is the Word of God given to us. We can't set aside. And if we, to the, to, we can set aside for the detriment of our own spiritual life. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If this is not true, I would not, not tell you. Have confidence in me. I have prepared a place for you, which means your Lord prepared already a place for us who believe to be with him in the father's house. I will never leave you untended. I will always be with you. God will always be with us. This is God's word, not ours. God promises to be with us. Am I not your mother? Am I not the one who hears your cries? Am I not the one who intercedes for you? Again, God's word to us coming through the revelations of today. Oh, we could continue, we could unpack. This is eternal life, that you believe in the Son of Man, in the Son of God. This is the eternal life. Yesterday, last week we read, you know, beautiful words. The one who is the conqueror of this world, of the evil in this world, is the one who believes in the Son of, of God. He's the one who conquers evil, who conquers the, the violence, the hate, everything around us. You see, to believe in that word of God. In 1920s and 30s, there's a whole, there's a Protestant revival, which was, which was based on, on, on believing in the word of God as God's word. What God says becomes reality. God spoke at the very beginning of creation and the, the creation became a reality, which we deeply study right now in all the, all the wonderful, you know, apparatus that we have, you know, the web telescopes and Hubbard telescopes, we see the reality of, of a creation. God spoke, it came to be. I know that we believe, but I think today is sort of an invitation because both of our readings, I say, believe and trust in the power of God. Believe and trust in his word, living word, in his invitation to us to have confidence in him. And he does, he can remove evil. He can transform us into being body of, of, of Christ, being the temple of the Holy Spirit. We receive God himself into our heart, which is a mystery which we cannot even comprehend. But those who have become new young Catholics, the minute they believe in the reality of the true presence of God, God works miracles in them. How can we leave this place here and think of 
you know, donuts or coffee or whatever it is without knowing and forgetting that we just receive God. <laughs> you know, but it is true. This is our, our, our faith is weak. That's why we have to say, following St. Peter, he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. God can take someone like, you know, Faustina with two and a half years of grade school education and make her a profound theologian and, and, and a great witness to his mercy, to his love, proclaimer of that mercy, proclaim that, that mercy, that I am love and mercy itself for those who turn to me, no matter what their sins are, I shall forgive them. Remember God's word in Isaiah. I will never forget you, even if your mother, if the mother forgets the child of her womb, I will never forget you. I mean, I, I could continue with these words because the whole Bible is besides, precisely that, to have confidence in him. This is why he revealed himself. This is why Christmas is all about, because God's word became flesh, became alive. And God's word continues to be proclaimed, to be effective, to transform this world of brokenness and sin, to heal, to restore, and ultimately God's word, the powerful word of God, the effectiveness of grace, the Holy Spirit takes us from this world and takes us into eternity to be alive, to be like the Lord himself who rose from the dead so we don't have to be afraid of death. This is what the word of God is, effective, true, sacramental, present, and, and all is able to complete that mission of Christ himself, the mission to make us new creation, to live with God forever. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org 
for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.